welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are <clears throat> finally back. <laughs> we are finally back indeed and i mean you were sick and then and then things were crazy and then i got sick and I, that pretty much covers it yeah you know these uh winter doldrums are are doldruming away upon us um yeah in a sense, apparently uh, in the, the infectious variety in particular yeah but no no better time well i'm gonna say no better time for video games the one really awful thing about being sick is the fun stuff isn't doesn't even matter. You're just sick. Oh, I got to tell you, I was going to say, yeah. So there was, uh, I did get some good gaming done while I was sick, but not when I first got this cold. Not yeah. COVID this time around, just a cold. But the first 24 hours, just that persistent headache where like you wish you could game, but yeah. like you can read in short segments. Mm. Like I couldn't watch things. I definitely couldn't game. Yeah. I could read for like 20 minutes at a go. It was, it was rough. Yeah, uh, but here we are back uh, once again for your listening pleasure with, uh, I believe, episode 71 of the pod, but who's counting? I am. That's right. I'm Somebody counting. better be counting. <laughs> I mean, shoot, yeah, we've ranked uh, 69 games at this point, uh, or we will be today, so 71 checks out with, the, speak- with our... I was going to say, speaking of sevens, uh, we're actually just hit 1,700 all-time plays as well all right raking in the sevens today Lucky uh, number seven indeed uh plays per episode still at a haunting 13 average but hey what are you gonna do lucky number 13 <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh definitely good to be back uh with you here it's at paul and so moses headquarters indeed. indeed and uh which yeah, is a burrow I, in a hill for those of you who don't know <laughs> right but with full, you know, uh, fiber optic Wi-Fi and, and fiber optic Wi-Fi. Sure. Why not? <laughs> fiber optic. I don't even fiber know where optic. I'm going with this. Hauber exactly. Optic. And my favorite new battle, new battle manned Huber <laughs> optic. Oh, my goodness. We are. We are out of practice. We are. And you better be careful about that battle man. He's uh, you don't want to mess with him. And find a battle man. <laughs> Was All right, we're Beetle back. Man? The Beetle Man, he's coming for you. The Beetle Man, run, children. He will beat you, uh, man. <laughs> I feel like I left something behind in October, and I'm just starting to catch up with him. Yeah, well, in a way, we did. We left the pod behind on it in <laughs> October. <laughs> oh, fuck, fucking November. November was just, it was, it was a month, y'all. It was a month. But, yeah. uh, you know, um, I did nearly, nearly beat Shadow of the Colossus over the course of November, but I have one Colossus left to go. Ah, yeah, so I'm not going to say too much more about that because I'm going to beat that fucker. Mm-hmm. It's hard for those of you who uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it except that it's just uh, definitely the hardest fight in the game, um, built to be that way and uh, long. Mm-hmm. And the save uh, even on the remaster does not uh, does not let you save uh, at the start of the boss fight. None of them ever lets you save at the start of the boss fight, so you got to do whatever it is to get to the boss first. So uh, we'll just put a put a, a pin in that one and uh, hopefully next week i'll be uh bringing to you some details uh about my thoughts on that game that classic classic game yeah um but yeah kind of big news for you and i we are both now proud owners of playstation 5s 
we're current gen, so I'm <laughs> expecting the PS6 to get announced imminently. <laughs> right, of course. Um, yeah, I yeah. What's mine. your uh, What's your take? Um, I, you know, I I like it. I it's a great it's a great experience. The the user interface is outstanding. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've heard compl people complain about the UI, and I think the UI is a fucking huge improvement. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Takes a pinch I, of getting used to, but like yeah. overall. But that little bar you can pull up at the bottom by tapping the PlayStation button. Yep. It's got everything you need. Like it's really snappy. It really is easier easy to digest. To, to, to turn uh turn off faster. Yep. <laughs> Which I for you know, I don't know, as an adult gamer, probably kids love that too. But, uh, but I <laughs> yeah. definitely appreciate if I need to task switch real quick. Mm -hmm. Um that I can do that very easily. It loads games super fucking fast. Which I mean, I'm sort of getting used to, but even so, like, man, is that nice. Like, essentially no nice. load times. Yeah. Um, oh, the craziest thing is that, like, FromSoft has been making games for this platform this entire time before mm -hmm. it existed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It is delightful. It is delightful. I did dip in very briefly to Elden Ring. I don't think we talked about that on the last pod. I don't think my, my PS5 had arrived. I think you and I have just chatted a little bit since then. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I dipped, I'm, you know, I'm in a bit of a fever dream regarding the last pod. It's yeah, yeah. I dipped into Elden Ring as well just to see how much noise would be made by the PS5 because, oh, yeah. as you recall, I didn't like the music for a while in Elden Ring. But if I would turn off the music, then I could hear the unholy roar of my PlayStation Four. Yeah, pretty much. A uh, but man, it you, it doesn't actually make noise. Like yeah, I mean, Elden Ring Furbore. Furbor, yeah. yeah, sure. Furbor, <laughs> it makes it makes a little bit of furbor noise. It goes mm -hmm. furbor. <laughs> the sound of it starting up, it goes furbor. <laughs> yeah, I was pleased at that. I haven't jumped back in, but I I intend to. Man, because where I'm sitting, I just have way too many compelling games uh, calling my name. Yeah, I know you started Tunic, which I'm looking forward to. After it's actually my planned next pickup after I wrap up um, mm -hmm. Shadow, because I just feel like. I don't want another epic fantasy game blocking out my potential for finishing this one. It's so close. It's so close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really look forward to discussing Tunic with you because, I mean, like many games, but especially with this game, it's really the discovery. Like, it's not a one to one comparison, but if you think of Fez as an example, yeah, like, you know, uh, my friend and uh, uh, listener on the pod, one of these days, friend of the pod, Dave Humbert, mentioned something about being uh, enig enigmatic. And yeah. I, I immediately just made me think of Fez just hearing it described in a, that might not have been the right uh, right adjective, but it was something like that. And I was like, huh, Fez-like, eh? Yeah. Um, very charming, very um, compelling, and just very, like, curiosity inspiring. Hopefully a little less pretentious than Fez. Yes. Yeah. I, I I think that's safe to say. <laughs> no, I like the mystery box aspect of Fez, but it got it, there. There are levels of it that are so deeply, deeply pretentious, including the like, hey, there's all of this riddle to solve, puzzle to solve that's functionally external to the game, and you need to basically get into cryptography to do it. Yeah, I wonder that was how a that... bridge too far for me. I was just like, ah, eh, yeah, I'm I'm not even interested. I wonder how that contrasts to one of my gaming uh, uh aspirations which i doubt i'll ever realize but of la mulana where there is actual symbology and and mysteries and riddles but i think they're all integral to solving the game itself not just experiencing extra stuff yeah yeah good question yeah. good question 
you know, know also maybe uh harkens to uh to baba is you in terms of the broader uh debate that this incites about games that dip into uh, types of whether it be you know coding or other uh encoded cryptographic uh messaging and um mm -hmm. just uh kind of the line uh of uh, of playfulness for different audiences yeah yeah um so yeah it's been it's been a uh, it's been a delight. Um, I'm kind of getting pulled in too many directions at once where now I need to really just kind of focus in. And that's kind of what I've, what I've begun to do. But, you know, when I first got it, it's like, okay, I got to get Demon Souls. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll pay 70 bucks for Demon Souls. No, it's free. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, Returnal. Great. I want to play that. Okay. 70 bucks, whatever. No, also free for, for me. Um, yeah. You and I are on that same tier. Damn. Yeah. I've been actually wanting to check Returnal. Obviously Demon Souls, um high interest low totem pull for me for obvious reasons <laughs> and even man i don't know it's it's really hard and duh but like it's like the hardness of old from soft before they rounded off some of the edges uh, a little bit um you know it's a funny thing because uh even the original dark souls has a kind of difficulty that I've seen people idly chat about how Elden Ring players be like floored by the difficulty of Dark Souls. And of course it doesn't feel that way to me because it's what I've cut my teeth on, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, yeah, there are parts of it that are fucking hard as balls, but because it is where I orient to the FromSoft experience from, mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, I guess maybe it doesn't feel as hard as it is, uh, but I'm guessing that Demon Souls is maybe even rougher in this respect. I, I think it is, and and I I like it for that. Like uh, I'm very early in the game, and there's this little tunnel sequence that I'm going through, and all of a sudden five dogs are racing at me through the tunnel. And at first I thought it was only three, and three was enough to get me to flee and try and get better positioning. But it's like no, they just sick five dogs on you. Wow. A and you're you're just kind of fucked unless you were really. Are anticipating it and can play smartly um so that one i think we'll get we'll get back a bit returnal is uh too hard and there's not enough tangible progress that i'm making as a rogue light i mean that's kind of what you expect but right i i just kind of can't right now um oddly enough i'm not a big racing fan but gran turismo 7 has been getting the most playtime out of me Oh, nice. uh, it is so gorgeous and the driving feels amazing. And the last time I played a serious driving game, I wasn't using like a manual transmission, but now that I am, it like makes it so much more engaging. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And I've got like the, weren't you the, playing one of the dirt games or something like that? Yeah. 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 Um, and now that I, I have like a 2000, one version of my car, the the Subaru WRX that I like okay. to all up and you know, tearing around in that, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the 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 feedback, um, there's this one track in Tokyo where you're going, you know, down a, a road, but there are segments of concrete, like on a highway. So it's like kachung, 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 and you feel it in the controller, and it feels oh, so nice. genuine, and it's such a little touch, but it really really pulls you in. Um, and then I got the new Yakuza Judgment game because uh, I've just had a hankering for for some more Yakuza. Um, the series is just so highly reputed. You've had a great yeah. time with it. Uh, you know, Ryan Martinez has had a great time with it and talked to me about it at length. 
Mm-hmm. Um, is this one also a historical setting? Um, I think it is. Uh, I, th- I believe it said 2021. So, I mean, a couple of years in the past, but. Um... <laughs> not, not what I was going for. <laughs> like a dragon is like um, actually um, like feudal, right? No. And um, oh, one other. So, yeah, I had to buy the digital edition with God of War Ragnarok, which I'm not that interested in, but I've also uh, been playing that a little bit as well. But I really am going to like focus in, um, I think, on Tunic and Yakuza. Kind I of mean, I really do want to play God of War Ragnarok. I haven't played any of the God of War games. I know it's going to be like a romp compared to playing a FromSoft game, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but I'm just not. I've got so many games to play. I cannot justify shelling 70 out for basically yeah. anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is fair. Um, and I mean, I, I, you know, I was just digging into this and we don't have a segment for which to talk about it. But in the last week I was digging into a few different threads of people like mashing it up about the $70 price tag thing. And I'm sorry, there is no, there's no way to justify it other than that the main studios agreed they were going to do it and they charge it because they can mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, Oh, new games are more expensive to develop. Yeah. But more people buy them than ever before. Your margins are amazing. Yeah. So like, no, you did not have to, to bump the price tag by $10 by default industry as a whole. Like it was not necessary, mm-hmm. but they could, and we have no choice about it in general. So, so it goes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and my perspective on that is like, yeah, you also have this other thing going on where uh, we can pay a bumped up subscription model to have access to tons of games and play so much stuff. So I know there will be a game that's going to drop sometime in the next year or two where I'll be like, yep, I want this close to release. If not on release, I'm going to pay $70 for it. Fine. I'll just suck it up. Yeah. But um, but it's going to be a minute. Otherwise, I can basically wait for things to price drop because I've got plenty to play. Yeah, plenty that you already are into and and plenty that is there at your fingertips. So uh, much at know, our fingertips with crazy. this tier of, yeah. of, of PlayStation Plus. And so it it's funny, but it, you know, I, I don't think anybody's complaining in that respect. And I don't think uh, anybody in the industry is like, oh, we're, don't worry, we should like figure out a way to get them to buy more $70 games. Like, no, most people are just shelling out for the games they want. But like, so fucking help me, I'm never going to pay $70 on release for something like the new Call of Duty. Right. That's just obscene. For right. like an online play game, like like what? <laughs> like no, no. Like Elden Ring two, probably whatever the hell it winds up being called. Whether or not I finish the first one, but yeah, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any uh, any other notable? I know you've been plugging away at, at Shadow of Colossus. Um... Yeah, no, I've definitely been plugging at that. And um, it's been so delightful. And I will talk about and ask you about once I've finished it, um, uh, ask you about it at some length. Uh, and like I said, hopefully next week's episode, I, it's it's in reach. It's one of those things where like um, through mo- I, this is one thing I'll say about this final fight through most of this game i made my peace with the camera i know i mentioned that on the pod previously compared to my original struggles with it every once in a while there's a little bit of fight with it Uh but there is a segment in this last boss fight i was i was pushing on it for like over an hour uh before i was finally like okay i just have to walk away from this and part of it is because the positioning of the camera not it doesn't follow you and you can't get it to follow you fast enough in relation to how the environment is moving 
and you're like, I can't see myself, so I don't know which way to crawl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that is frustrating and not there's been a lot of good frustrating in the game, um, but that is bad frustrating. Um, you know, other than that, I'm still I'm still plugging away at farm RPG very, very slowly in terms of like the big long term quests. Um, seasonal event seems to have dropped, although it's a little bit weird because the there's a quest that I can't access without another quest that hasn't appeared yet. Help request, whatever. Um, involving, uh, you know, Santa's workshop. But I'm sure that will resolve itself in a matter of days. And then, of course, plenty of Apex. Plenty of Apex to go around. Uh, just uh, continuing to to plug away at Apex. Uh, I did start this season on uh, on ranked arenas, but that's just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I might eventually give ranked Battle Royale a chance. Um, but I, I've just still been so enjoying it. And I'll uh, have a tiny bit more to say about that later on the pod. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, with that said, then I believe we'll move into the first feature of the show. It's time once again for Game Ranks. Rank it on up, Moses. Yeah, Paul. So this week, my ranking, uh, a game that uh, that came to us in 2005 and that I probably picked up in like 2007, Um Sitting at my number 66 spot, uh, holding it down below Super Pac-Man Championship Edition and above Carcassonne iOS, is Mario Kart DS. And the reason, I'm just preempting this, the reason I'm ranking Mario Kart DS, it's really just my stand-in for now for a Mario Kart game in my rankings. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the one that I spent the most time with. It's the one that, in terms of solo play, I did top to bottom and like was at the point where I was just trying to like eke out slightly better times on track. It's the one where I was able to, um, you know, master the uh, the the wiggle uh, movement in order to um, to do the burst speed. Um, I'm not sure that truly is the Mario Kart that deserves my 66 spot, my first entry for a Mario Kart in uh, in my game ranks. Um, but I need to sit with it some more, and it can't be for me the original Mario Kart, sadly, because I just suck at that game too much. It's yeah. like. I have never spent the extensive time with the original Mario Kart to really dig into it at that level where I could get the comfort, comfort and mastery with it. it. It may be that I should have Mario Kart 64 in this spot instead, and it probably is, but it's been so long since I've played Mario Kart 64 that I have trouble remembering what the feel of it was by comparison. Um, that, that was another one that I spent a good amount of time with and got very comfortable with and remember doing the four-player with. Uh, yeah. So, uh, But Mario Kart DS is... In fact, like, I mean, it was a really good implementation of the game mm -hmm. as far as like bringing an absolute Nintendo classic. Um, and I mean, kart racing. And let me just throw out the like the recognition, the ridiculousness of Mario Kart as a principle in the first place. Um, it is the first time, as far as I know, that uh, an existing game IP was like, yes, but what if go-karts? That's a good question. Uh, I am, I'm inclined to agree without any real backup of, of knowledge, but it sounds, it sounds right. It, it seems right. What the original was, um, was a SNES game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't think that there were other IPs that were established enough at that point in time to say, let's put them behind the wheel of go-karts, um, or anything kind of comparable to that. Like any other, any other thing like a genre jump would have been like, uh, a nearer jump to make you know yeah 
as opposed to like to something so radically different of saying a racing game for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I, I guess I'm seeing something called Power Drift. Oh, is this Street Fighter people? Okay, that would that would be that would uh oh that's hilarious. that would blow up your your theory because uh, I'm seeing it looks like Zangief, but but is it? <laughs> um, da 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 da. I don't know. This might Part just be a Zangief in arcades by Sega in 1988. Okay, I think I just randomly saw a Zangief looking motherfucker on on the poster here. So I, I think your theory stands in terms of like an existing IP. It does seem like um, it would have been a Nintendo thing to do at first too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the idea <laughs> like that, of like some quirky way in which Sega had like jumped the gun on that and put Street Fighter characters in cards. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, we have an alternate world in which that's the truth and that's how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I I know I played Mario Kart DS, and I just I don't remember really much about it, but it's a Mario Kart uh, game. Yeah, it's got most of the classic tracks. It's got all of the classic. At, at that point, it's got all of the established, um, you know, uh, items. It apparently added the blooper and the bullet bill. That was the first version of the game that had those items in it, mm -hmm. which I did not realize um, until I was checking out the wiki here, and I was like, oh, hey, how about that? That's interesting. It actually. Uh, that was that was where those those came from, and of course it had the balloon mode, which right. I don't know. It, it it is the lesser way to play Mario Kart, but it's it's amusing when you're you know done with other stuff and you're like, yeah, let's just let's play some balloon popping. Um, this is totally uh, tangential here, but can I read you some of the course names from Power Drift? <laughs> it is tangential, <laughs> but it fits in as far as today's game rank. So go for it. So we've got Springfield Oval Shape. <laughs> foofy foofy hilltop curry de parl uh wasteman free fall oxygen <laughs> oxygen desert uh blow hairpin some of these uh, sound like character names what is going on patterson night city lydia Rightway, and of course karen longway <laughs> again are these people or places i don't know nobody knows and then of course bungalow ridgeway um Oh, and and you can't forget uh, Bum Beach as well. Um, so the Ridgeway is an off-brand Snake Plissken. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so coming now, back to uh, racers, though, yeah, um, and I don't know who the racers are, are in Power Drift. For whatever reason, I decided I really like Dry Bones. Okay, I don't know. It's just a thing. That's just a thing. With uh, specifically when I was playing on DS, once I unlocked Dry Bones, I was like, yeah. You know, I'm just gonna go with Dry Bones. No, no strong reason. Well, he's an underdog, and I assume he's extremely lightweight if he is just bones. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly, almost certainly. Um, and I cannot remember what his um, special, you know, non-regular go kart looking cart looked like, but yeah. uh, but that was definitely a thing with with this game that I don't know. I don't know if that was on the the prior version would have been GameCube, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, GameCube probably had that too, didn't it? Where like it, you had default where they had like a regular go-kart looking cart or a kind of funky. Oh, yeah. Oddball cart. Yep. So, yeah. Um, not too much else to say about it. It's Mario Kart. It's a great game in basically like any version of Mario Kart is, is a pretty great game. You can get into arguments about why 
a version of Mario Kart sucks based off of your attachment to what Mario Kart should be. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know what? If you like, you peel that back, and it was the only version of Mario Kart you got to play, you'd still probably be like, yeah, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, uh, no doubt, man. Uh, cool. Well, for myself this week, coming in at number sixty-nine is there you go. Johann Sebastian Joust. Ah, very nice. It is a singular experience, uh, and it remains a singular experience because, well, I mean, obviously uh, it is, but the potency of it, you know, is not diminished over time. It is still as much fun now as it as it always was. Um, and your point being that it stands, it like as it is inclusive of sport. It can be inclusive. Sports friends can be inclusive of it. Oh, did I already rank sports friends? You might have. Hmm, because that could be that could be a thing. Um, let me let me just glance at my. But in discussing sports friends, there are four games. Right. Um. Okay, so I I might I might revise this, um, because I sports friends actually is number forty nine for me. Uh, only twenty ranks ago. Um, and yet it seems a lifetime, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'll just kind of say what I was going to say. And then I might, I might slot a, a different choice in here now that I'm reminded yeah, of, no, of but sports go friends, with it because but... to me, I, I think Joust does stand alone from sports friends, even though it is included, uh, within it. Yeah. Um, so actually I got a chance to play it with, uh, three people who had never heard it, heard of it, uh, before, oh, let alone nice. played it. Um, two of them being young children. Um, oh, no. it's my, my girlfriend, Laura and her two kids uh who are uh eight and ten you and this know. is the story of how you gave a small child a nose <laughs> yeah and you know when i was telling her about it i'm like okay your kids are gonna lose their shit like there's no it's impossible for a kid to not lose their shit once sort of the scope of this game becomes apparent right and then you can just play another and another and another and i mean Wait, the so hype, you said they're 10 and what uh eight and ten. Eight and ten. Oh, those are good ages the eight, eight eight is maybe a little but yeah, but 10 is like perfect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we I, I made a rule because, uh, you know, I'm a tall person. Uh, Laura is also tall. And I'm like, OK, the big people cannot go for a little person until at least one of the big people is out. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like, you know, no, we're, right. we're twice as tall and you can just reach and and do what you need to do. Um, but, you know. It was a blast. What what can you say? We're chasing each other around the living room. Um, <laughs> Paul, like you could have said that so many other ways, and it wouldn't have sounded potentially terrible. I <laughs> but even, saying do what you need to do makes it sound so terrible. I avoided using the words because I was going to say reach around and but oh that would have so, been worse. No, I know. Save, I'm saying yeah, I I, save I already saved my bacon a little bit, but you did, uh, you the did. damage the damage had been done. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we had to you know put the dog in the kennel because he was starting to go uh, go nuts for it too um but oh, see that's next level dogs i mean shoot. yeah yeah um and you know i turned on the speed up feature as well because she had a, a little more space in her living room than than i'm used nice. to and yeah you know like we are you know laura and i are just completely out of breath the kids are you know bulletproof just they could go all night you know right um and uh hell man it was it was a a singular experience yet again that is fantastic and that game has just so much staying power yeah so yeah yeah. 
reach around for 69. <laughs> yep. If you can do it, it's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that is my uh, number 69 game for tonight. And any Reddit listeners, you can just settle down. Settle down. <laughs> is that even possible? No, it's not. We know. We know how they are. Um, cool. Well, up next on the show is a feature called What I Love About. And Moses, what do you love this week? You know, I'm going to talk about something I've talked about before. I, I really love playing Apex and pubs with strangers. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I love playing a, a competitive game when people can be on mic with strangers as long as the culture isn't too toxic, right? You'll get the occasional toxic ass hat and it happens and um, like whatever. And I'm not talking about toxicity of somebody like disconnecting when they go down. That's dumb and drags the game, but like whatever. It's the, the other kind of toxicity when they get on mic and are abusive with you. But that's obviously not what I love. Um, and so uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about it again is just because I had two little fun anecdotes um, from within the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, one of them was I was uh, on and there were these two guys on mic and I heard that telltale. <laughs> sure. So I was like, all right, this guy's smoking a bong and getting high. So these guys are having fun and they're on the mic. And it became immediately evident to me that they know each other. Um, and so I hopped on mic because I was like, okay, you know, I don't have anybody who needs it to be quiet in the house right now. Uh, so I can get on mic too. And nobody was great in this group, but there were these two guys uh, just kind of giving each other like fun, bro shit. They got to be in their like early 20s. They're in California in Fresno. And they're like, oh shit, build them where we live. I'm like, you're in Fresno. I clearly like, yes, I know where Fresno is on the map, but I have no idea where you live. I'm somewhere in the LA area here. I'm in Long Beach. We're equal now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, they're pretty lit, but we were coordinating and communicating really well. And while it's awesome when you can do that with friends, it's pleasantly surprising when it happens with strangers, when people are making good call outs and you're all able to like move as a unit and do things like flank and like take high ground. And that was the thing they were, they were really good about keeping high ground, which yes, it's a little bit of a, of a tired joke, but I mean, come on, tactically speaking, it's just straight up true in most situations, in most games, as most of the time in real life, having high ground really does matter. Um, and we pulled out the victory and it was just a super fun match with, with these two bros. Um, nice. My contrast story to this was just a few nights ago. Um, we're on the legend selection screen. I'm coming back to put my headphones on and I hear these two young women talking to each other about um, buying shoes. One of them's talking to the other about buying shoes for her boyfriend. <laughs> like, okay. They sound like they're between 16 and 20. And um so I'm just going to keep my mic off because they're just gabbing about stuff. The match did not go well. We landed hot and it didn't go well at all. Um, and like one of them goes down and the other one's like, no, just die. Let's just go back and restart. But like the other one, uh, she wound up like putting some effort in anyway. It still went badly and ended like shortly. And I still, this is more than a couple of days ago because I still sounded really rough. Mm -hmm. And I was like, geez, <laughs> <laughs> young women's like it speaks um and you know i love the fact that there are in fact young people regardless of sex or gender who get on and socialize and play games together with each other and it's got to be so fucking hard as young girls to be like in this this quasi public space and the 
horrible stuff that they get from males. Um, But it was such a comedic moment because on the one hand, I might have, if I'd been sounding decent, I might've turned my mic on earlier, although I really didn't want to like interrupt their kind of, oh God, I've got a third story to tell you. Um, (laughs) I've got a third one that falls in this where I never turned my mic on at all. Uh, I'll get to it in a second. But like, I I didn't want to interrupt their camaraderie, right? Uh, but it was extra funny because I sounded so terrible. So when they were like, it speaks, yes, I knew broadly they meant a male on mic with them. And most of the time, people being totally silent and probably being bad gaming partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I sounded like something called out of the swamp, it was extra hilarious. <laughs> so finally, the third one, I decided to grab a quick break in my workday the other day after like a series of meetings. And I was like, okay, let me jump on one round of Apex. And it's these two people who are clearly a couple. <laughs> They're getting so dirty on the mic. <laughs> like the woman like apologized to me at one point, but only once. Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I'm sorry you're hearing this. <laughs> and, and you're like, like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> mixed at best. Um, but it was funny. It was genuinely comedic. And they were good, actually. We had a decent match. But um, I did not turn on the mic at the end to say GG's because I was too fucking embarrassed from having heard this whole shit going down. Like, it was not quite like phone sex, but it was approaching like the I want to do to you kind of stuff, not like full on, you know. Um, You just never know. You never know what you're going to get when you're when you're playing pubs in uh, in a competitive game and uh, and you just you just get strangers. So I, I do love it. It's it's always fun. Always make it makes the game interesting in a different way, apart from the fact that Apex is just compelling as hell for me. Yeah. I wonder if they were long distance or if they were just in the other room and just feeling feeling good that day. I, they did not sound like they were in the same house, but mm-hmm. I don't think they were long distance either. Hmm. Like of, it sounded a like a cro- little cross town kind of yeah, the vibe sounded like they see each other, yeah. but that they were not in the same house. And did they were they working any like game lingo into the the banter like hot no, dropping or no it was totally like in parallel so okay. there would be call outs about what was going on in the game but then it would like drop back into into like heavy flirting yeah how <laughs> uh, sweet yeah yeah no doubt no doubt so you know um i guess on some level what's delightful about it uh is, isn't even just about games it's like the internet continues to be such a weird place and a lot of the days, it's it's really easy to feel like we've lost that in terms of online interaction, um, in terms of like early internet and the weirdness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's still there. It's just uh, you know, it's not um, it's not the there's lots of of very bland, very corporate stuff out there now, uh, but there's still weird internet out there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, for me this week. Um... What I love about video gaming is uh, this podcast and getting to uh, to continue to do this podcast with you. I know we've, you know, sung the praises and expressed our, our appreciation for for the pod before, for but sure. um, in this instance, I kind of wanted to um, kind of look look ahead a little bit and uh, sort of check in with you on on how how you're feeling about things overall and and what your vision and and hopes going forward might be um the one thought that i've had kicking around for a little while uh 
So when you put episodes up, it lets you designate uh, what season uh, they're from. And I suppose for most people, that's like on an annual thing. They'll. But for us, it's the season of the witch. For us, it is. It must be the season of the witch. Um, <laughs> See, I'm telling you, Halloween's still sticking around. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but uh, what I thought would be would be compelling would be for each season of Paul and Moses play to comprise uh, 100 games ranked. I like it. So when you and I are done with season one of Paul and Moses play, it'll be episode, you know, 104, 105, what what have you. What have you? Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to do an annual that will not have a ranking, and we're we're getting obviously very close to our end of the year episode. Yeah. Um. So I thought that would kind of be a nice sort of delineation. We could also do it like fifty-two, you know, or even fifty at a time. But since we've already sort of passed that that mark, um, yeah, I think that's a it's a good way to go. I, I wouldn't say let let us. Uh, I'm very down with committing to a hundred being our our season wrap when we hit game rank one hundred. Um, I don't know that we will necessarily decide for season two to be the same size, but I'm down with it as a preliminary commitment. Yeah. Um, we might somewhere along the way find some other delineating mechanism where we go, yeah, there's a good way to close out season two, Mm -hmm. but we don't even know what that looks like from here since we're still in season one. So no, I'm with you. Yeah. And more sort of, um, uh, nuts and bolts kind of so like i i have found myself less inspired to do the pod uh for for a few months for 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 many reasons um but i wanted to sort of get your take on on this element of it i i feel like we've had fewer shared gaming experiences Mm -hmm. um and that is a big or maybe that is a that is a a a chunk of what makes this enjoyable and and compelling yeah. to me. Um, and so without that, I've felt a little less like it's just been easier to say, oh, you know, I'm too tired and I don't want to do it tonight, as opposed right. to, oh my god, I can't wait to talk because to we've done about this thing it. and we got to like talk about how it went. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, it's not like I would ever say to a person you know, do it this way, not that way, or or anything like that. Um, but I wondered if you sort of had the same uh, sort of sensation and also if you think there might be ways to sort of have more, uh, because like Tunic as an example, like, man, like if we could, if we could talk about the first hour of Tunic and like, oh, this thing and this thing and this thing and like speculate, you know, that would be great, but since you haven't played it at all, then I'm I'm quite limited. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil anything you. for you. I hear you. You know, so I, I have uh, I do have a notion with that. One thing we might have to kind of suss out. So for me, um, it the only thing that's been uh, edging into to my my enthusiasm has actually just been being worn down by other life shit, where yeah. it's like, oh my god, I don't have the energy to podcast today um or alternatively because of our time difference um oh my god i'm not going to get home in any reasonable time for us to podcast today yeah um but i get the the general gist of it and i i agree that there there's a factor there um we might wind up deciding um to go uh bi-weekly 
so that we have a mutual agreement, whether it is something we play together or individually, to make sure that we're committing time to a common game between episodes. Yeah. Um, if that's not something that we can easily substantiate in both of our lives without doing that. Uh, because I want to maintain, I want uh, wh whatever it is, we should both have mutual enthusiasm to carry it forward. It's been so awesome so far. And like, I'm really enjoying this episode today um, and probably in part uh, because of, of our unplanned hiatus uh, makes it really nice to get back to. Mm -hmm. um, but I also generally, I generally enjoy, enjoy doing the pod with you. So, so there's that. Um, I think that's a good idea. I also think uh, we owe it to ourselves to try and figure out how to get more consistent on our guestings. Mm. Because I think that adds a lot to the podcast too. When we have somebody new, uh, whether they're new to us or just new to the podcast or returning, it's not just us talking, then it, it mixes it up and it brings a whole different angle and enthusiasm to talking games because you and I have done a fair amount of charting our perspectives on games with each other at this point. Yeah, There's plenty more to go. Um, but I do find that uh, when we bring a third voice into the mix, it just uh, it just adds a dynamic. So I think that that's something as we look, maybe not uh, to worry about so much as to just try and uh, try and get strategic on. Yeah, have a little more intentionality. And um, and I, I actually think the every other week makes sense in that way, because let's say Wednesday is our our main night for that. Well, then one Wednesday episodes one and two of Wednesday. Very good. Sorry. Incidentally, episodes one and two of Wednesday. Very oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, one Wednesday is uh, the where we do the gaming, and then the next Wednesday is where we do the the breakdown. That that could totally. Yeah, absolutely. Totally and I mean, work. towards that towards that thought, I mean, we have uh, that iOS game. Oh, it's called Between Worlds. No. Um, um. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but yes, that is. Uh, and, but we got to pick that up and we got to dip into it. And then we're going to bring that back to the pod and talk about it. And the nice thing on that is you haven't been able to start it without me. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I, and I, I even, I, I fired it up and I'm like, well, I need, I think I need Moses to tell me the code to put in here. And that's just, yeah, I figured I would yeah. hit a roadblock immediately. And I did. And you do because it's designed to be played with two players asymmetrically with voice and or text chat in real time right that's yeah. like really the intention of the game so yeah. i am looking forward to digging into that one whatever the heck it's called um <laughs> and uh yeah so you did kind of sneak an alternate feature in here by way of what i love about but i have no complaints uh, an alternate feature meaning uh well sort Paul of and moses plan <laughs> <laughs> right yes yes um and uh, you know uh, most likely needless to say like i i would want you to always have whatever gaming experiences you are are the most fulfilling for you i would never pretend to like you know oh, this is not a sake. judgment i'm not going or... to stop playing apex anytime soon but right. that's exactly why just like we plan to do the podcast um because of the fact that we don't live in the same town and don't have easy the the easy ability to plan uh co-gaming time together like we did when we were both living in madison that's exactly the reason why it makes sense to be just a little more purposeful and regular about it and um hey take this as a psa all if you have friends in far flung places um take a note from our book that we haven't implemented yet <laughs> um cool well yeah that is that is what i love slash uh paul and moses plan 
<laughs> Another one one letter, Paul and Moses pray, Paul and Moses plan it all. Paul and Moses prawn coming next. <laughs> Paul and Moses pong. <laughs> um, In which we are sucked into a pong cabinet <clears throat> a la Tron. <laughs> like the worst version of that of that movie concept. <laughs> human right. beings are now just paddles <laughs> oh dystopian is it, really? what is it the, the future is just the sound of a, a boot crushing a skull but it's more like bong. a human paddle hitting a ball i don't know bong, bong, bong. <laughs> and doesn't it kind of isn't it kind of on a matapic like the sound it makes the ball the square square ball <laughs> in pong i don't know maybe it isn't i'm probably just I'm probably just talking out my ass here. Yep. But hey, what else is a podcast? And speaking of podcasts, uh, we will move to the next feature of this podcast. It's time for Tell Me About. And um, this, <laughs> I I should have not done both topics, uh, both of these <laughs> topics in the same episode, because now it's feeling like, uh, mean but but here we are um <clears throat> uh so i wanted to discuss your dark souls uh play philosophy uh okay. and, and ask you a little bit about that um because and this is you know my perspective and again not a not a not a judgment uh just a, a curiosity um but Sometimes when you, it seems like when you arrive at a boss, you feel as though the fact that you have arrived there geographically means that you are of sufficient level to. This is sometimes true. To get it done. And I feel like I've gotten a little bit better about this. Okay. Um, but this is, is broadly true. So let me talk about two different cases though. Let me talk about three different cases. All right. Let's start with my for first experience with Ornstein and Smoke. Mm -hmm. It is exactly what you're talking about. And there are many subsequent experiences that were like this. Um, but that experience was exactly what you're talking about. I was like, okay, I'm at this boss. And so that means now I should be able to get this boss fight done. And leaving aside a lot of other factors, um, See, I can put this one back on you because you could it should have been like Moses, we need to go out and grind. <laughs> I was prepared to suffer. Um, but no, I really was I was under leveled. And actually, when I came back to ONS the the next time, that happened as well. But I kind of learned my lesson and after dying a lot. <laughs> after dying a lot, a lot, I learned my lesson. It was like, okay, I'm not doing enough damage per hit. Is really the bottom line here. I can tell. Like I absolutely need to, to scale this up. Um, and I kind of, kind of roll back to that periodically. Um, now let me contrast that with the two princes, um, <clears throat> princes who adore you. Uh, and they really adore to, to slaughter you. And of course the younger prince likes to tell you that the spot marks their graves. I did actually leave them and come back to them with my sorcerer, but I think I have a problem with that fight where, A, it's just balls fucking hard. Like, I am appropriately leveled. The amount of damage per hit I can do on them, it, it's got to be right because of how many other other FromSoft bosses I've beaten. Like, it takes out big horking chunks when I hit them with uh, whatever greater heavy soul era. 
Can I, can know? I interject? Yeah. So appropriately leveled. Yes. I have never beaten. I've beaten the twin princes three times as a, as a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And each time I, I was quite overleveled because I just had to be in order to survive in order to give me the odds that I needed because I couldn't play perfectly, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe I'm even technically a little overloved. So let me ask you this. I'm probably not, it's probably not about the chunks of damage that I'm doing, but if I needed to level up further in order to beat them, what would it be that I would need to, to do to make it more doable? Definitely vitality. Uh, so it's just having a large enough chunk of hit points that you can survive a little bit more. That'll give you the edge endurance, so you can maybe pop off like one more spell before your stamina is depleted, that kind of thing. But sure. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I wanted to like toss that in there. But yeah, no, that's good. So it and that's a good point. Is that like okay? Yeah, my sense of like in that one, I've got a t- reasonably tuned sense of how much damage you should be able to do to for for a FromSoft boss to be like in reasonable reach, right? Um, and that one, like, yeah, I'm in the right place with it, broadly speaking, because it's like, whatever, I, six to eight spells can can take down Lothric. Um, and, and that seems about right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this brings me to Elden Ring, mm-hmm. <laughs> where the problem is very different. Um, I don't think I could be wrong. But um, I don't think I'm underleveled for Radon. Mm-hmm. I think there's a combination of two issues with this fight. So one is that I really should just fucking leave this fight and go do other things in the game because there's so much other stuff I could be doing. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. So you're right, but it's not about the level, but it's just about feeling like, fuck this guy. I know it's possible to beat him, but it, it's not really, if it were with a different class, if I were playing a class with more ranged damage doing then um then it might really be about thinking about it in terms of leveling um but really with that fight it's about the tactics of keeping your dudes up and getting three res and mm-hmm. it's just a frustrating pain in the ass of a fight and i would probably be able to get back into elden ring more if i could just get myself to say you know what fuck Don for now you can come back and beat him later if you feel like it yeah, massive open world, you know, get a few more levels under your belt and like and like possible possible sure. Like people beat these games at level 1, people beat these games without being hit. Like possible, but then it's what is like probable in this set of circumstances. Well, the other thing is this is one where I very much have um like certain classes have uh, have an edge on certain boss fights in these games. Mm-hmm. Um it may be that in the case of Elden Ring, I owe myself a restart. Hmm. That playing with a uh, you know uh, two weapon jumping around kind of style as the main as my main approach to the game, mm-hmm. uh, as appealing it is as, as, as it is and as enjoyable as it is, um, it might be that I should either be going with a heavier armor, heavier weapon, or with a casting approach because either of those is going to be kind of more in keeping with how these games kind of want you to play them (laughs) i don't know Mm -hmm. how better to put it you know um that's a thing to me that's a thing with um at least with 
obviously it doesn't hold for bloodborne bloodborne's weird um but with the dark souls games um and elden ring feels very much like a dark souls game in this respect where it's like it kind of wants you to either be wearing enough armor that you can take hits and swinging a big fucking heavy thing at people um or really digging into casting and uh you know a lot of the time working your game off of knowing how to keep range from your target i don't know i could be wrong about that yeah i know katanas are 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 quite powerful in in elden ring as sort of a middle ground there of like the decks uh yeah the decks builds yeah but i feel like decks builds are intentionally one of the harder ways to play the game basically i i'm inclined to agree and like i'm drawn to it because it's a style that i like but like on some level like am i good enough to theory theoretically pull it off sure but am i good enough to maximally enjoy the game this way no i'm probably not (laughs) yeah and also like you know apex legends being being such a draw and such a source of enjoyment yeah for you like i I would pick i would pick apex too right it's like okay i can go grind out some radon or i can try and like force myself to sort of undo this this built up inertia in me where i don't want to walk away from the boss fight or fuck i'll just go shoot some dudes like you know the choice is obvious but i know how much you love from soft and oh yeah definitely and you're like you want me to experience the rest of this fucking game so bad don't you like it's yeah it's very flawed uh i don't like I don't like the design sacrifices that I feel they had to make to make it an open world and for that to make sense. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, some of the legacy dungeons and especially uh, some of the bosses and the boss music in particular in one instance, like it, you got it. You just got to see it, man. I'll make you this promise right here on the pod, Paul, when I finish. And the other reason I haven't picked up a FromSoft game, I, I opened up Elden Ring just to get a sense of how much more beautiful it is on PS5. And it is. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. It is. Yeah. Um, I also also opened up Dark Souls 3 to see if there was any kind of up-res that you get as a result of playing it on the PS5, and there is not. Yeah. Although I feel like it runs slightly faster. Were you, um, on a, were you on a PS4 Pro? No, it was not. Okay, then there is a difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I think on the base PS4, you did not get 60 FPS. Yeah. But on the Pro, you do, and obviously on the PS5. Uh, and so it, it has this feel like it's slightly faster. You just feel yeah. like everything is moving just a little bit quicker, um, which is nice. But then I basically said, you know what, until I finish Shadow of the Colossus, I'm not touching any other high fantasy third person game. Um, And I'm so close to doing it. And so that's going to happen. But perhaps before I pick up Tunic, uh, I will turn my attention back to Elden Ring and uh, step away from Radon, go level a bit and beat the shit out of that dragon tree guard dude uh, Mm -hmm. so that I can see some more of this world and uh, dip, dip back into it and talk with you more about it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Look, done, look. done, and done. That might not happen this week because, again, my priority is definitely beating that final Colossus. Yeah, redone and done. Redone, redone. redone. And I'll get back to him and kick his ass eventually. I, For sure. It, honestly, a big part of it just feels like I don't know the shape of that battlefield and can't get it to stick in my goddamn head. Yeah. Because knowing where to go to get your dudes back up after they go down is such an important part of that fight. You really don't need to be doing too much damage to him, but you do need to be doing some. Yeah. Anyway um well paul i'm going to take it in a totally different direction and i was uh, also going to say if if you need aftercare after this pod <laughs> here after i've just spent two segments uh <laughs> you know 
calling into Much question. Appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, bear, your own and then my <laughs> your own <laughs> right. commitment and my core philosophy. Not bad. Not bad. That's a two for right here. Well, I'm going to prime the pump for our next segment um, because we will have this next segment. I know uh, by taking us back to the past, Paul. Tell me about your favorite expansion era baseball player. Mm. Um, Cause I'll tell you, I just discovered the wiki in the process of these yeah. fall drops, which we'll be talking about in short order. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, there's so much there. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, a few, a few people come to mind. Uh, bonk jokes was so good at stealing bases. Um, it's got to be Chorby short, though, uh, you know, unless unless by expansion era, you mean it can't have come from an earlier the discipline era. But no, no, uh, I just yeah. mean that who is still playing in the expansion yeah. era. Wait, um, Bonk Jokes appears to have been some kind of a horned skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she was the little frog girl that that could, you know, always had poor stats, never you know, never, never was able to get much done uh, until they changed the way the sim handled uh, pitching at yeah. one point. And then her combination of stats with the pitcher led to, I don't know, something like 73 straight foul balls hit at, uh -huh. at a single at bat from, from Chorby, um, which was just a delight to watch. And, uh, and then the, the drama and the, the heartbreak, uh, you know, like, Magic just got Magic had really bad luck when players started getting redacted. You know, we lost yeah. so many cool players. Um, and then all of a sudden Chorby was was gone as well, uh, only to show up, you know, a couple months later on the mills as a pitcher. And then, you know, I, I remember saying on the pod, you know, Chorby coming back to Yellowstone and pitching against us. It was like yeah. seeing an it was like seeing an X in the grocery store and being like, right, right. You're still you, but the entire context is different, and I don't know how to feel. Um, and she had devastating pitching stats. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it would have to be, uh, it would have to be Chorby Short, and Chorby Short. She now is a core mechanic, uh, Corby, Corby Short, as as she is uh, called. Cute. Um, but uh. Yeah, the wiki hasn't been updated to reflect anything yet because, among other things, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, um, she joined uh, in the shadows for the garages, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. That was where she first came from? Yeah, she started with Seattle Garages. Okay. And, uh, huh. and you know, there was that whole mechanic that I wasn't even clear on. I've only been learning about it as I've been digging into the history of the whole the shadows thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, the shadow rosters. Yep, but during season eight elections, that was when she she joined your magic. Yeah, uh, roster exchange for Terrell Bradley. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Let's see who's Terrell Bradley. He's a guy with a pineapple. Okay. <laughs> I love this wiki so much. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Chorby, obviously. Um, you know, you've shared the the ballad of Chorby here on the pod before, so I'm not I'm not terribly surprised that that's uh, that's where you land with this question. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just stunning the amount of depth, um, of the narrative that rolls up around these players. Yeah. Yeah. A whole big fan, fan driven affair and so much creativity and, and art, you know, gets, gets poured into it. 
yeah, I mean, because when you look at the w- wiki, for instance, Sherby Short is a magical little frog that can transform into a magical girl. Short has lived in many places from Yellowstone to Boston, but most recently she has lived in Breckenridge, and it was in Colorado that Short was assimilated into the theater kid culture due to her involvement in the Breckenridge jazz hands. Short quickly noticed the parallels between the dramatic lives of magical girls and the drama of theater and took to it easily. Like, there are these whole extensive fan-generated narratives about these characters that have absolutely nothing to do with baseball. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it's like people agree and work towards agreeing on canon for the characters. Yep. And, um... And and it's one of the things that makes baseball just so magical beyond the fact that it's just kind of a whole bonkers concept in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it is a bonkers concept that will uh, soon be back in our hot little hands. Um, So, yeah, unless you had anything else on baseball, we will move into Paul and Moses with your baseball update. I mean, ironically, we've got something else for you on baseball. (laughs) We do baseball is almost back moses after god knows how long a year and a half oh my god it is well and truly actually almost back um it's it'll have been like a year basically a little bit less since the last short circuit and yeah. like a year and a half since uh everyone got sucked into a black hole man time time keeps on slipping but here here we are um you know, each Friday there's been uh, another drop of players onto teams, and it was recently revealed that uh, play will resume on January the 9th, which is like yeah. 33 days away. 34, it's maybe. Super, super close. My understanding, uh, because I asked in the uh, uh, in the taco stand whether um, anyone had an idea about whether players will have persistent stats. Mm-hmm. There is much debate about this question, um, and there are two sides, but the um, the game mechanics are all new. So the actual stats themselves are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is some debate uh, with two strong opposing views about just do a complete reset and keep the names versus try and approximate the old stats into the new stat system. Yeah. We're not going to know until we know. You almost... I'd, I'd, I'd almost have to think that they are just going to do a full wipe instead of trying to shoehorn old stats into new mechanics. You know what I mean? Although, I mean, either way could be interesting, but I, I do foresee more of a more of a hard reset on on most things. I think so. I, the only thing is there are certain stats that even if they work and function completely differently are still going to, as a, what is on some level um, a baseball emulator, uh, emulators, the wrong word, simulator is the word that I'm looking for. Um, you have to have things like hitting stats, right? Um, and pitching stats. Like those, they might be completely reworked and they might function in, in wildly different ways or they might have component elements that that roll up into them that make them work differently. Mm-hmm. But things like hitting, running, throwing, catching, you know, pitching, these are the verbs of baseball and baseball does have that in its you know in its dna as far as like what activity at the end of the day you're still going to be having something that looks kind of like a game of baseball being played where there are bases and there are pitchers and there are batters um Mm -hmm. and so on so it's feasible theoretically feasible to me the strongest argument against is that 
so much weirdness got piled on and the rebuild of these teams as these players are getting spit out of the black hole is so random and arbitrary that the teams would be really horridly unbalanced if they were like if the magic if the players that are on the magic so far in fact uh are built off of their existing stats in some way uh you might have a somewhat broken team which in your case is in a good way <laughs> yeah um i know you you have two former tacos at least you have inky and rat mm-hmm. um yeah and uh you know my fellow tacos fans were I mean, nobody's bummed about anything. Everybody's excited. Um, I mean, everybody's bummed that play, baseball hasn't already started, but um, but there is a, a certain like, oh man, you guys got rat. <laughs> we sure did, and maybe um, it's a good time for for a roster update here. Uh, so far, dropping to the magic is the aforementioned human Inky Rudledge, Mooney Doctor the second, Rat Mason, and this website loves to chug on desktop. Fitzgerald Wanderlust, Pippin Carpenter, and lastly, as we wait for it to scroll, is Alex. <laughs> I always say Alex. In fact, it is Axel Campbell. There you go. So far on my tacos, we've got Kit Seraf, Jenkins Good, <laughs> Alan Cranch, Tot Best, Elvis Figueroa, and Yulia Skitter. Uh, and I do just need to give you all uh, a little bit uh about jenkins good here um because this is actually what really started me getting into the wiki because somebody uh on uh on tacos was like how are you getting this information about the players and somebody dropped a link for the wiki and i was like oh that's how y'all know so much stuff and then i was like shocked as previously referenced uh, in the last segment to discover just how much just pure insanity oh you know what i wasn't actually thinking of jenkins good um (laughs) <laughs> um it was i think it's julia skitter who i was thinking of uh last last week not this week's drop yeah that's right um yeah julia who was previously with the san francisco lovers um and Faye are just delightful um julia skitter Faye or it uh preferred pronouns has always been a joyous person growing up in under san francisco has many perks fair mothers the beloved queens of an expansive kingdom known as Idolomantia ruled in kindness, passion, and excellence, with Skitter becoming an active part of the royal court as it grew. So it's like, oh my god, I have a Fabian who has joined my team and has moved down here from San Francisco. I could not be more excited. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just all the all the little, I mean, it's fun on its own. And then if you want to dig in, it's it's there. It's as deep as you want it to be. I, you know, I think I it's like I've truly started to get it in lead up to this season uh because i hadn't started following when the whole kind of ballad of chorby was playing out you know Mm -hmm. um and now that i'm starting to get more invested in understanding who the players on my team are in all of their weirdness and all the kind of bizarreness not just of like funky names and interesting stats and weird items that enhance play in different ways but that they have so much character built into them it gets you engaged with the game uh, in a completely different way. And I can't wait to be engaged with the game that way because I haven't had that experience yet because I just didn't know my players this way before. But this time as, as like the season actually starts up, um, you know, once my roster fills out, uh, once the tacos roster fills out, I'm going to get to know those, those weirdos before we, uh, you know, before we get our for- first game on. So uh, yeah. it's, it's just something to really look forward to. Uh, amen, dude. We've been, man, we've been waiting a while and 
you know, they're doing an AMA on Reddit uh, on Monday. So we might have Ooh, a little nice. more fodder for you. Uh, should we pod again on Wednesday? Um, and That's the plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Just very excited and excited to, to have you along with me for, for the ride. It's going to be a journey. You know, honestly, in terms of thinking about things that will uh, reinfuse some enthusiasm to pod, uh, I think the fact that we haven't had Blazeball mm-hmm. has been that 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 had been for an unfortunately relatively brief period, a fallback. If there was nothing else you and I were both following as it was playing out, mm-hmm. um, it was the end of the expansion era. Uh, so like it was something that we were both super hyped to get on here and talk about every week, no matter what else we may or may not have been more or less excited about with games. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, speaking of games, I think it's time for the last feature of the show. It's time for a little something called Make My Game. What are we going to make tonight? Well, it is coming from Fuzzy Coyote Interactive. Oh, how sweet. And we have uh, Alter Storm, which, uh, which it's got, it's got something. Is it like alterations or is it like a thing you pray at? Um, oh, dang. AR or ER? It's ER. I, I got all excited for AR. Because um, an altar, it's a very, it's a, it's a powerful sort of idea, you know. I, I'm um, kind of excited about ER, actually. You're okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what is, uh, what is, what is Alter Storm? Uh, what, what strikes you first? So, to me, when I see Alter just like that, it makes me think about garments. Ah. And I think the idea of Alter Storm as a game where you are like a tailor, seamstress, whatever, you're running a clothing shop and you have to do alterations to garments to meet different customers' wild and dramatic and weird different needs and desires could be an awesome game. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, see, I, I, I was, you know, I mean, we, we might, we might as well play uh, the pun into it as well, wherein there can actually be like an altar in the store, where you like lay, you lay garments down to do your work upon them, and you can invoke different methods, including methods of prayer. Yeah, I, I I'm into that. Um, I also see more sort of frenetic action set pieces um did you play uh, uh the dead space games at all i haven't played the dead space games so there's a isn't important... one of those getting remastered? isn't dead space one getting remastered uh it is yeah i'm looking um, forward to that yeah so a big thing in that game was using modified mining tools to uh chop off the limbs of enemies because just shooting them wasn't enough and yeah. it even it had a little beam a little reticle that was this vertical beam that would show you where the cut was being made. So what if you are in like this high fashion soiree and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, oh, a surprise theme breaks out. Oh no, this person's dress no longer fits the theme. So you were like doing this like slow motion bullet time, lining up the cut and then in real time altering uh, the garments in a, in, a, in a storm of of action, if you will. I love this. I think this is fantastic where like you actually are like, so we've got a few different level types, mm-hmm. um, but like this is actually the main level type. The main level type is event, mm-hmm. right? Where something is happening in real time and um, over the course of the level uh, on a timer, uh, new themes are getting called out. 
And you have the ability to slow down and even pause in limited capacity time so that you can find different guests. Uh, and you're trying to find the ones whose garments are the most off theme. Mm-hmm. And you're doing whatever you can. You're triaging it however you can to, to modify that garment and bring it on theme while they are wearing it. You're also trying very hard not to damage the guests themselves in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, and, and maybe the storm part is like your character is kind of uh, also like um, kind of a Ifriti uh, tailor. Uh, ah. You know, so that you move around as like little electrical bolts are flying off of you and that's how you can move so quickly so quickly that it is almost as if time is not moving um but you you know you need to recover after that you need to have some recovery time so that you can get in there and like you know expend some of your uh your max pain-esque tailoring ability uh but then um you know then you, ha- you have to recover and move it at normal speed uh well and you know and hence you're you're doing that time management aspect of the game yeah um What's Consider character? this too. What if you also like there are materials around the space that you can use, but sometimes ah. you're going to be like grabbing materials, like you're going to grab somebody's sleeves off of them because you're like, you don't need these sleeves. I need these sleeves to do this thing to this Ooh, other person yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, some person that's like not a client, not affiliated. You you just kind of repurposing their their fabric, right? Um, but still, you don't want it to to tilt the party too far out. So it's like. Uh, you can afford to do that because the theme has dressed down mm-hmm. and, you know, made things more cash, right? Yeah. Um, because otherwise, if you push it too far, you could have kind of like a, a you know, um, cop meter kind of a thing of like you've drawn way too much attention <laughs> to yourself by like tearing people's clothes off, basically. Yeah, we should definitely have that meter. And then can we have a chuggy meter? A chuggy well, meter? I think... I think that would be, yeah, you don't want to max out your your chuginess rating. And me even saying chuggy right now is chuggy, and I and I am aware of it, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that that's about right though, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, we we maybe need to not call it chuggy because the whole point <laughs> of this game is being on trend, right? Well, yeah, you you got me there. You got me there. But <laughs> but but yeah, I think so. I think so that you can push your um, your styling on uh, on a given client too far, mm-hmm. um, and it's just and then like you know I can just totally hear that like, you know like <laughs> yeah. from the crowd around like definitely I like it I like it um, and you can have like I I can see that like the themes can be pretty pretty out there you know because um, yeah. you can cross different eras but also different like uh genres you'd like you can have like an under the sea thing going on but you could equally have a like um 1970s space theme going on um and just trying to figure out how to like deal with like some really weird genres being thrown at you um the game would have to have like apart from the it would have to have a pause function where you could take stock kind of mm-hmm. um and like figure out what you have to work with before it kicks into being on the timer again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. And yeah, liberal use of like pausing, slowing down. Um, and then I like the concept of having to wait for a guest to adopt a certain posture. Let's say someone's wearing a dress and they sort of s- stick their legs out, cross their legs. And then there's a bit of fabric then drooping that was like skin tight before. And it's like, okay, now is my chance to like sever that, that piece and bring it back, back on trend. Oh, I love it. I love it. 
I'm also thinking like you can have some different upgrades in terms of like, as you go along, you get to bring different things with you to, to these events. And one of them is absolutely like a limited use magic wardrobe um, where like, as the demands get higher and higher for the number of guests who are your clients, who you're trying to deal with, um, like you can selectively choose to literally just drop someone in the magic wardrobe and pull them back out. And they're going to be, you know, dressed appropriately. And you'll have some, some material that you gain that you can like work with, but you, you only start off with like one charge in the magic wardrobe. Right. And then like, similarly, maybe on like the first level, you literally have like, um, some fabric and, scissors and needle and thread as like your your base toolkit that you roll out with for level one um apart from like your your magical abilities uh to to manage time and everything right um but that's it like in the very beginning you don't have any kind of fancy tools and then like you can upgrade to having like a, a sewing machine that you pull out of a po pocket dimension that you can do crazy shit with you know yeah i like it i'm glad i'm glad we stuck stuck to our guns you made us stick to our sewing guns i mean i was honestly a little less uh excited about alter like a altar storm because like it i mean we would have done plenty of fine with it but um but it felt a little more conventional mm -hmm. yeah uh cool well for this week from fuzzy coyote interactive is alter storm uh, bringing us full circle to the final bit of the show here, Moses, the goodbyes. Um, I know, uh, you know, well, I, I like the the podcast being a, an opportunity or excuse to sort of, I mean, you know me, I, I like asking the questions. I like proposing the things. Most definitely. If it's, you know, slightly outside of, of my comfort or, or my victim's comfort, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, uh, you know, take away, you know, I don't know. I, I feel I feel that I should uh, uh, excuse or, or or smooth over my my topics. I know I don't need to, but like not with me, obviously, but yeah. perhaps with our listeners. Nobody fret. We're yeah. not stopping the podcast if you've been enjoying it. We're actually hoping to expand and get more listeners and more guests. Yeah. Uh, well said. Uh, well, let's see. Final thoughts from Moses. That was my final thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then let me say, as always, Moses, thanks uh, very much for being here with us this evening. Absolutely, Paul. Wonderful as always. And thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, you can email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, never, never stop. stop. Playing! Play